Hey there, it's Jason. Welcome to the Jason Wright Show, where the mission is very simple. It is to improve always in all ways. Look, I am on a mission to create the absolute best version of myself. And through the Jason Wright Show, I let you know everything I'm doing to make that happen. I interview incredible, remarkable, brilliant individuals from all different walks of life. And I also try to bring you tools, tactics, and protocols that will help you in your own personal mission to improve always in always. Now, let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jason Wright Show. So today we're going to be talking about something that I think is a topic that many, if not all of us, have struggled with at some point in time, and that is confidence, the C word, man. I mean, it is a tough one. And it's one of those things like it's there's so many people out there trying to tell you how to build confidence. Here's how you become confident in your work and public speaking and whatever, whatever it is. And believe it or not, this is something that I have struggled with for a long, long time. And the reason why I say believe it or not is because a lot of times when you see a guy like me, I mean, doing the podcast and just kind of out there trying to be positive and I don't seem like a wilting flower, right? I I probably exude confidence and at least I hope I do. I want to exude confidence, but it's not always been easy. In fact, I went through a great deal of my life lacking a great deal of confidence. And it's something I've had to work and work and work at to to build. It's a it's I don't know if you call it a skill necessarily as much as just a a mindset. And so I really was thinking about this recently, trying to determine how I could share some of the tools and principles as I look back on my life at you know, the somewhat almost getting to the halfway point here, how I could share some of the greatest tools and tactics that I have deployed throughout the course of my life and what I truly believe are the things that each and every one of us need to develop our own confidence. And so I have broken it down into seven critical points. If you can master these seven principles, you will go a long way toward developing strong, unshakable confidence. All right. So the first one, seek mastery in something that is important to you. Become exceptionally skilled at something that you value. I was recently, uh, I was recently talking to this guy who shall remain unnameless, who shall remain nameless, who for the longest, I had an inferiority complex whenever I was in his presence. Uh, and the reason why is because he and I both started our business careers in, in essentially the same industries. And he had far exceeded me and, and has far exceeded me financially. And I used to really let this bug me. But here's the thing. If I were to ask myself this question, is my main priority to have the same net worth as this individual? The answer would absolutely be no, that is not my top priority. And then whenever I dug a little deeper and came to the conclusion that many of the reasons why I did not have his net worth was because I had chosen to not pursue the things that he has, not out of laziness, not out of fear. I have exactly 
the same skill set. Actually, I have more abilities, more natural and educational abilities to do the things that he does to make his living. I could, so therefore I could exercise those and probably had, could have become as wealthy or wealthier than him. So why did I feel inferior? Well, it's because we measure so many things based on wealth and status and it all comes down to money. But then I had to ask myself something else. This other question of those two categories of what he has mastered making money in the, in his chosen profession versus something I have mastered. What is it? Well, I thought to myself, well, I have mastered good health, clear thinking, a desire to be a perpetual learner and self-educator. He's fat. He, and I don't say that to be like, you know, a, a dig. It, it, he is objectively fat, unhealthy, smokes weed, drinks, parties a lot. He's not a healthy guy. High blood pressure, borderline type two diabetic. Uh, I, it's, uh, if you were to ask what kind of a husband and father he is, decent, not really, doesn't really excel at that. What I had in my hip pocket was to sit there and think, you know, I don't have the same financial statement that this guy has. I'd like to have that. But what I do have is health. I have incredibly good health. When it comes to the, 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 uh, I guess the personal statement or the financial statement of wealth as it relates to health, well, I'm the billionaire and he's the pauper for sure. And so I want you to know that in this idea, and look, it's not for just comparison's sake, but you need to know that there's something that you're incredibly gifted at, that you're really, really good at, that you have mastered something. And this, when you take that from the macro, like as, as I'm explaining here, that this is someone who's just good at this industry and making money, but I'm good at this other thing, and then deciding where we where we weigh the importance of it, then you can start to realize to yourself, I have no reason to feel inferior to this person because I have something that I am incredibly confident in that I value as much or more than monetary status, which is my health and wellness. But here's another thing too. If you want to be confident in a particular area of life, in a particular channel or discipline, you need to have mastery. If you want to have confidence in public speaking, there is no substitute for mastering public speaking. How do you do that? You put in the reps. You put in the reps. You take every single opportunity to get in front of a small crowd, big crowd, medium crowd, and speak. You put in the reps. You master your topic. Know more about the thing that you're going to speak about than anyone else that you know. Master it. You have to master something. One of the keys, the absolute keys, it's the reason why I led with this, to building confidence is having mastery over a domain. If you know something, and here's, and, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this and another, and another point to show you another way this can put you on an equal footing to someone else. So number one, mastery, have mastery over a domain, and this will help you build confidence like nothing else. Number two, do hard things. Humans are far more capable of doing more than will ever be asked of them. We will almost likely go to our graves never knowing just what we could have done in some of the worst situations possible. Therefore, to build confidence, simulate them. Put yourself in the in tests of 
physicality, mental, mental resilience, spirituality. When you start to self-inflict resistance, then overcoming it will give you confidence. We were made to do really hard things. Go do hard things. Test yourself physically. This is one of the things I love most about physically training. It's not, I mean, yes, the health benefits are magnificent. I love being healthy. That gives me confidence. No one will ever know it. I don't plan to be foot racing anybody. I don't plan to be doing anything that will show that off, but I have the confidence of just knowing that I can do this hard thing. Getting through an incredibly challenging workout is hard, but here's one that you don't think about a lot. I put in there spiritually, challenge yourself spiritually. So what does that look like? Well, for me as a Christian, uh, a really good way to do a hard thing is to exercise forgiveness. That is one of the single greatest ways that you can build confidence in your faith is when you're able to do the hard things that your faith requires. My fellow believers as and, and Jewish folks as well, we have the Ten Commandments of Moses. And it's pretty easy for me to go through my day not murdering, not committing adultery. Those, those are pretty easy things, right? It's the hard ones, the forgiveness, giving grace when it is not deserved. But when you start to do that, then you can have confidence in knowing that you are who you say you are when you call yourself a member of that faith. So take the time to do the hard things. I'm telling you, being able to do hard things builds a confidence like nothing else. And we were made to do hard things. Here's the good news. You and I will most likely never, ever, ever be asked to do the thing that we are absolutely capable of doing to, to the highest degree. We just want you have to push yourself so hard. So the best we can do is simulate it. And once you start simulating doing hard things and overcoming them, you will build in yourself a confidence like nothing else will. Next, become flexible. Here's what I mean by that. So someone like me who tries to completely optimize his life. If I don't get to go through my morning routine, my confidence is completely shaken. If I eat, here's a great example. Here's a great example. I work to maintain good health to the best of my ability, right? And I try my best to not eat after 8 p.m. Those of you who have listened to the show, you know this. I'm constantly talking about this. One of the things I don't want to eat after eight o'clock because I don't want to jack up my circadian rhythm. There's a whole host of reasons why I don't want to do that. And if I do, I can really be shaken. And a great example was this weekend. And I don't eat fast food very often at all for obvious reasons. Well, it was a double whammy. Mrs. Wright and I, we went to a, uh, to a musical. By the way, there was some, there was some, some young people here in Tyler that performed the greatest showman, uh, live at the Liberty Theater this week. And it was fantastic. Con congratulations. I know some of the parents listen to this show. Congratulations to you parents and your kiddos just putting on a knockout performance. It was so awesome. Special, special um, uh, shout out to Emerson Massey, who invited Mrs. Wright and I, and who we sat by her mom and dad. It was fantastic. And and Dr. Brian Massey, who I know listens to the show. Congratulations, brother, on a great performance. But that's 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 certainly there and there. So we finish up watching The Greatest Showman and we had not eaten. And we decided to go to Whataburger. 
And it was very challenging for me. All right. It was because I started to do battle with my own confidence in the resilient body that I built to be able to go have some fast food. It was like nine o'clock too. So well after eight o'clock. So this was hitting me on all sorts of levels, but I did it and, but it did shake me a little bit. And here's why I'm saying this. A lot of times, those of you who are like me, you're trying to completely optimize your life. I actually, this is something that Chris Williamson just said. He's the uh, host of Modern Wisdom. He he was on trigonometry and he told um, Constantine and Francis, he said, you know, a lot of people that try to over-optimize, then it becomes almost like a superstition to them. And that really, that really hit me. Whenever you get to the point where not following your routine and staying whatever you determine to be optimized, you don't take the supplements that day, you don't get in the workout that day, you don't get in the morning walk, you don't get the 10 minutes of sunshine right whenever you you wake up and all these, you don't get your perfect seven and a half to eight hours of sleep, you didn't get your ice bath, you didn't get all these things and all of a sudden it just shakes, shakes you to your core and like you lose confidence in the type of day that you're going to have or your overall well-being, well then then it becomes like a superstition. It's because, and it's and you're not trusting, you don't have confidence in everything you built up to that one day where it doesn't all go perfectly optimized. So you got to be able to be flexible. And by doing, and sometimes throw in something that's going to be different for that day. Be willing to say yes. Whenever, when you've got your day perfectly planned out and it gets knocked off or somebody asks you, hey, will you do this instead of what you have planned? Be willing to say, yes, I will do that. And rearrange and be flexible because life is going to require that. So being able to put in some flexibility and train yourself to be flexible, that in and of itself will give you confidence. Next one. This is a big one and it's controversial. So just go ahead, get ready, fasten your seatbelts. But here's number four. Be dangerous. That's right. Be dangerous. I want Look, there's a movie, I mean, a cinematic masterpiece. How this didn't win an Academy Award, I don't know, because the acting was out of this world. Nicolas Cage's southern accent was just rocking the Dolby sound system in the theater. But as he portrayed former special operators, a special ops, I don't know if he's a Green Beret, I can't remember what he was, or maybe he was a Ranger, I don't know. But he played Cameron Poe in the movie Con Air. And if you remember... From this, this cinematic gem that ranks right up there. You know, you got Gone with the Wind, you've got the Maltese Falcon, uh, you've got On the Waterfront, and then Con Air as like and Citizen Kane. I mean, Con Air's right in there with all that, and maybe and maybe Roadhouse also. But if you'll remember, Cameron Poe got sentenced to prison because he got in a fight and he killed a guy accidentally in the fight. But because he had been specially trained, he was his body was basically considered a lethal weapon. And so it was the same as though he had pulled out a gun and shot the guy. That's the way he was treated. Uh, again, screenplay, masterpiece, well done. Um, and this is what we, we need to all be able to be like Cameron Poe, be a lethal weapon. Know that in any circumstance, you could probably dominate anyone you're around, but don't do it. Don't do it. Have some amazing skill that makes you incredibly dangerous whenever you walk into a room. 
that no one else knows and most likely never will know, but you're dangerous. You have this, you, you're the, you're the individual that has a bazooka in his back pocket that no one knows about, and you're never going to pull it out unless circumstances just absolutely require it. That will give you confidence. Jordan Peterson discusses this a great deal because he gets knocked. Remember, he says that it's very important that men be dangerous. And he makes the argument of which I agree. How can you be good if you don't even have the ability to be bad? So a lot of these, like, for example, the, the um, kind of the cliched beta male that's uh, weak, uh, very accommodating, that essentially is there's no danger in the beta male as defined, right? They're just not a dangerous individual. How can they be good whenever they're, in fact, not necessarily good? They're just weak. And so I think that knowing that you're dangerous, I mean, for example, I don't think that anyone would dispute that when Jocko Willink walks into a room, he's got confidence. And furthermore, he could probably kick anyone and everyone's ass in any room he walks in. There's very few rooms that Jocko Willink walks into that he cannot dominate on an individual level, everyone in there. But by the same token, Jocko Willink is the type of guy that he has described, I've heard him describe. If you're, if you are in a, an urban area late at night and some guys walk up to you, pull a knife or pull a gun, what do you do? Now, Jocko Willink, even with them armed, could probably kill them. You know what he suggests? Run. If you can run, run, because that's the smart thing to do. So see, being dangerous doesn't mean that you're someone that's going to automatically take advantage of your, your ability to overpower someone each and every time. What it means is you just know you walk through this world knowing you're capable of being dangerous, but you're choosing not to. One of the greatest opportunities for me to ever experience confidence in this way was one time someone betrayed me as bad as you could possibly imagine. And this individual came to me wanting and wanted to apologize in person, to which I said, sure, came by my office. And this was a smaller individual than me. Uh, by If this had been portrayed in the movies, I probably would have gone over and kicked his ass or something stupid like that, something completely juvenile and, and archaic. And I could have. I knew I was far more uh, dangerous than this guy. I knew that I could easily overpower him physically, but I didn't. And then not only did I not do that, but when he asked for my forgiveness, I gave it to him. So I got to, I got to kill two birds with one stone. I got to exercise the fact that I was in fact dangerous physically to this guy, but I didn't exercise that. There was confidence in knowing that I could, but I choose not to. That only uh, increased my confidence in my ability to be dangerous. And then secondly, spiritually, I had the opportunity to do something very difficult and very hard, like I said in the earlier, to forgive him. So be dangerous. Next, be around the people that inspire you. Be around confident people. Be around people that have mastered a skill, money skills, uh, relationship skills, parenting skills, uh, knowledge of a particular topic that's of interest to you. The you know, we're we're told and and I, I firmly believe this that we are the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. But this goes further. You're also the average of at this point. So many of us stay um, atomized. We're we're away from we're individual. I'm I'm a typical example of that I usually work from my home. 
I'm not around people a great deal of the time. So I'm not hanging around my five, you know, smartest average people or whatever that often. So a lot of us are the average of the five podcasts that we listen to. So I suggest if you are not someone who's going to be around a lot of bright, ambitious, achieving individuals who themselves are trying to become dangerous, they're trying to master things, they're trying to build their own confidence, and as a result, are trying to lift you up. If you can't be around those people, but you're someone who reads books, listens to podcasts, then be incredibly selective about what you're putting in your mind and what you're using to using to shape your mind, your character, and your knowledge. Okay, so be around people or listen to or learn from people who inspire you. Six, this is a big one. Listen to me, lean in, take this in. Be okay with saying, I don't know. I don't know is never the wrong answer. I mean, of course, if you're a physician and you're a, you're a heart surgeon and you're performing surgery and the nurse says, what do we do next? You probably shouldn't say, I don't know. That might be bad. But if someone asks you a question on a topic of politics or or any other subject, I don't know if that is, in fact, the correct answer. If you don't know is never the wrong answer. And, and even even with a surgeon, that's a pretty bad place to be in. But if you're a surgeon and you don't know, but you pretend like you do, then someone's life is put at risk. So understand something. It is okay to say, in fact, it's never wrong to say, I don't know. And when you do this enough, this, believe it or not, will build your confidence. Because what you're going to find out is people are happy to give you, not not grant you forgiveness, there's nothing to forgive, but to be understanding when you don't know. And what they will do is they will see you as someone that is more intelligent, more confident, because you have to be, for your ability to just say, I don't know. You don't judge yourself by what you do and don't know. That's not, that's not how you build your confidence. So be comfortable with saying, I don't know. And then finally, number seven, this is one I talk about a lot. Become a question ninja. This is something that each and every one of us should practice often. Asking good questions. Voltaire once said, judge a man by his questions, not by his answers. I've said this many times before. When people ask me, was it worth it to go to graduate school and get my MBA at SMU? I honestly don't know. I really don't know. And it's certainly, but I will certainly say this, the things I learned, tactically speaking, like how to, you know, create a financial statement, how to manage a PL, how to write a marketing plan, how to do decision modeling, how to do business accounting, all these sorts of things. No, wasn't worth it. I sucked when I went in, I sucked when I went out. They're not their fault, mine. I'm a I'm I'm thick when it comes to that stuff. I don't I don't learn that stuff well. So it wasn't worth it from that. But here's what I did learn. I built my confidence and this is what how it did. It showed me that there were incredibly bright people that I was surrounded by, all of which I considered smarter than myself, that were willing to ask questions. And that was something that before I had got my MBA, I was probably very hesitant to do because I always wanted to appear to be smart, knowledgeable, 
And to me, if I asked a question, that might put a dent in that perception. And I didn't want to do that. I don't do that any longer. I am perfectly fine saying, one, can you explain that to me again? I'm not quite following you. Two, I just don't get it. I, there's, a, there's a scene in uh, the, the movie Big with Tom Hanks where they're, they're presenting this new toy that they're going to, that McMillan toy is going to put out. Right. And, and Tom Hanks, uh, Josh Baskin, who is, you know, now an adult working for McMillan toys, he raises his hand and he says, I don't get it. And the character played by John Hurd, who's just, it just gets livid. says, you know, what do you mean? What don't you get? And then they explain it to him. They talk about the numbers and all this. And then finally he says again, I still don't get it. And, and the, and, Josh Baskin, he digs into the, 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 the details of what he doesn't really get. The point is, we need to be like that child. If you remember Tom Hanks, Josh Baskin, he's really a 12-year-old child in an adult's body. You know, see, children aren't afraid to say, why? Dad, what is this? Wait, I don't understand what you're saying. They don't care because their their ego has not gotten in the way by that point. We need to be a little bit more like Josh Baskin and be willing to say, I don't get it. I don't understand. Help me understand that. And here's the beautiful thing that I've learned throughout the course of my life, throughout the course of business, is that, you know what? People love to tell you what they know. Leverage that. One of the best ways to leverage that is by asking really good questions. Really good questions. So be a question ninja. So just to recap, if I were to give you a recipe for seven things that are actually going to help you build your confidence, it would be one, seek mastery. Two, do hard things. Three, be flexible. Four, become dangerous. Five, be around the people that inspire you. Six, be okay with saying, I don't know. And seven, become a question ninja. If you can start putting putting these things into practice, I can guarantee you, you will build your confidence. And here's the thing too, when you hear about this idea of self-discovery, understanding who you are, what your passions are, what your principles are, you put these seven things into practice. And I assure you, the real you, the genuine you, the you that you can now start to develop into someone that you can truly be confident in will arrive, will show up. All right. I hope you have an incredible week. Never stop improving always and always and definitely improve your confidence always and always. I'm Jason and I'm out. Well, that does it for this episode of The Jason Wright Show. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a Texas Titan Media production. Fourth Wall did the music. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Please consider going out to jasonwrightnow.com and signing up for the Vitruvian Letter. Also, please go out to iTunes. It takes like 30 seconds to just leave us a five-star rating. It does wonders for the podcast. I would be so grateful. And with that, until we meet again, go crush it and endeavor to improve always in all ways. I'm out.